One more time. We are standing. We are standing on holy ground, and I know that there.
many believe that there are angels here going up and down to recharge the believers. Amen. We are standing on holy ground this morning. Amen. Uh, just without waste of time, we have I've got Brother Mutimbirwa. Brother Mutimbirwa and Sister Mutimbirwa. They are from Bulawayo, from uh, Pastor Chigozi's church there. They have moved here to South Africa. Now they are based in Clarnet. And then they have indicated that they would like to be part of this assembly. Amen. Maybe what we can do. Brother Mutimir, maybe we can just walk to the front and just walk to the back. Amen. So that the believers can just see who you are and embrace you. Amen. Uh, While they are here, make them feel very welcome. Amen. All right. God bless you. Ah, God bless you. God bless you richly. Now you have seen them. Amen. God bless. Amen. So they are fully fledged message believers. Amen. Now, I see uh, the mother to sister Moyode, if she can just wave. Hallelujah. is welcome as well uh, from my second home, Harare. Amen. God bless you richly. It's good to see you, Mama. Amen. Now, without waste of time, we are just going to bow our heads. Brother Eric's wife has been hospitalized. Uh, The name of the hospital is Uh, the name was very difficult because it's a Zulu name spoken by a Congolese man to a non-Zulu pastor. Amen. We should have just invited a Zulu person. He's on for. Ipungwe, guys. Empungwe. Oh, all right, yeah. All right. Empungwe. Where is Empungwe? Where? Volker? Volkrans. Hey, man. Oh, on the way to Creel. Uh, next to where Brampire, next to Anglo American uh, Lundos. What? Uh, let me think I am Moshi. Amen. But we need to go and visit the sister. I hear the believers know where the place is. Uh, Brother Ripa is Brampire, and I hear they know. So we'll go and visit our uh, a wife to our brother. Amen. I think let's bow our heads and commit her to the Lord. Gracious Heavenly Father.
doctors will try their best. That is the best that they know. But they have not created a human being. They learned about a human being. And they thought of means to help a human being. Those are the noble efforts by good doctors. But there is a higher doctor who is not learning about a human being, who is the creator of all those trillions of cells in the body of a human being. He knows how to coordinate them to bring life, dear God. I invite you as the great physician to touch our sister and make her whole. Believers are here joining together with me in holy prayer. We are sending prayer her way. May there be a miracle that will take place that our sister can come back into the fold and glorify the name of God and say, I was sick, but the believers prayed and here I am. The Bible says you are the same yesterday, today and forever. We do not doubt it in any way because we have seen how you have been able to do things that you did in the past and you did them today. And my sister is no exception, dear God. May you touch her and make her whole. I know once it's you that will do the job, it will be a completely and perfect job. May you touch her, dear God, as Jehovah. I know, dear God, there is nothing that is beyond you. You went to the household of Abraham and said, Is there anything that is hard for the Lord? And we stand here as witness and say, There is absolutely nothing that is hard for the Lord. May you touch her and make you whole in the name of Jesus Christ. We are going to reach the weight. We invite you to come and divinely reveal your weight to your people. May it not be my wishes, my aspiration. May it be the unadulterated weight that will just follow through. And me, as I'm standing here, I'm just a channel. I commit every soul in the building to you. There may be those that are sick that have not brought forth a prayer request. At this moment, may you touch them and make them whole. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask. Amen. God bless you, Rishi. Amen. Just without waste of time, let us just turn to our Bibles. God bless you, worshiping team. Amen. We'll just do second, first Peter, first Peter five, from verse one to verse four. Anyone found it can just say amen. While we wait for the other ones to find it, it is normally a book before Revelation. It doesn't move. Amen. Is it found, believers? All right. Verse 1 to 4. It reads in this manner it says, The elders which are among you, I exhort, 
who am I, also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not by filthy luxury, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, he shall, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Ye all of you be subject to one another and be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Amen. They say, when you humble yourself, God will exalt you. And when you exalt yourself, God will humble you. Amen. It's a terrible sight to see uh, God humbling a human being. It's a terrible sight. Amen. Are, we, are you still with me? Uh, let us just move to the book of Acts. Acts 20. Acts 20, 28, verse 28, if you have found it, you can say amen. amen. It says, take heed, take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over there which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseas to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Hallelujah. Uh, let's bow our heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, here's the portion of the scripture we have just read. We just want to commit it to you and commit the believers to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you. Amen. Amen. As you take your seats. Amen. I don't know whether I can it rotate this thing. Amen. How many are happy to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Amen. And how many were blessed by Thursday tape? Amen. Somebody was sharing with me and saying, I, I picked up where Brother Brenham says uh, uh, there will be young men that will come after me that will take this message and sweep it to the coming of the Lord. Amen. So I just hope that it was just a blessing to all of you. I think maybe one Sunday we'll 
each Sunday we'll just get a volunteer just to give us the, the snippets of what they've listened to during the week. Hallelujah. Will it be, it will not be a bad thing, ne? Hallelujah. Uh, just to get a family, five minutes, just to give us the highlights and say, as we're listening, this is what really moved us about the message. I know uh, some sisters were telling me about when they listened to Zacchaeus, the businessman, it was such a, a special message in their house. Amen. Do we listen, believers? Yes. Uh, I sense nervousness. Amen. Normally it should be a minister being nervous, but I sense nervousness from the church. Amen. What, what is the message for this week? Oh, this day, this scripture is fulfilled. That is the message for this coming Thursday. Amen. And you all have received your seat. Oh, there we go. Amen. This day, this scripture is fulfilled. What we are simply saying, I can boldly say, us doing this thing, we are unashamedly declaring that uh, William Brenham is still a relevant messenger in our time. Do you agree with me on that? Amen. Amen. William Brenham is still a relevant messenger in our time. He will be relevant until we are taken home. As long as we have not raptured, we are still subject to the principles and teachings of Brother Brenham. Hallelujah. And we will never allow any individual to elbow Brother Brenham out of the picture. Amen. He is still relevant. And this church uh, is based on biblical teachings that have been uh, articulated by William Brenham as the prophet of the hour. Hallelujah. Whenever there is a, a misunderstanding or something that we need to know, we always return back to the tapes. Hallelujah. Uh, I know in some places tapes are beginning to go out of fashion. They say, whenever we say Brother Branham said, we sound like pirates. I would rather sound like a pirate than sound like a clever person and one day meet God exposed in a very badly manner. Brother Branham says, what I have preached, I will stand for it at the day of judgment. Amen. And, and this is a, uh, Brother Brenham was not a comedian. He, was, he meant business about what he preached. And he understood, you know, he, he knew both sides of God. You remember when he came to South Africa, how God dealt with him harshly after he listened to a man in state of God. And how every, uh, he says he used to get very sick every seventh year. If you want the details, it's in the message the, on the Snow White Dove. Hallelujah. Go and read that message. So he understood that God can deal with him harshly. But he said, even if you don't understand, 
stay with what I've preached. At the day of judgment, I will be accountable for. Amen. And for us as ministers, it, it has helped us a great deal not to be creative about the message. Just to be simple and remain with what the prophet has already spoken. Movements have come, movements have gone. But the prophet still remaining on the scene. Are we together? We have had movements around the globe, uh, Parousia, Seven Thunders, and, and they've come and gone, but the message of the hour is still here. Hallelujah. Because that's what Brother Brenham has taught. Are we together? Now, maybe just to, so that you can understand where we are going to this morning, uh, we, we were sitting as a board that we, we haven't had a treasurer and a trustee for quite some time, uh, and a deacon, and then we thought we should be able, to, we should be making an addition to the, to the board. Hallelujah. Because in all fairness, the brothers that have been working have done an, a, a tremendous work. How many agree with me? They have done a sterling work. With limited resources, but what they have done is quite beyond imagination. And a lot of time people would ask me, uh, how, how, how have you managed to do this and that? And a lot of time, because... Uh, Normally, people do things in the background. The pastor is the face of the church. So whenever there is a compliment, they say, hey, Pastor Madiba is doing things great. But it's not Pastor Madiba. It's men that are working behind the scene. Are we together? What you see, it's a product of a teamwork. Men that spend hours, hours being concerned about the well-being of the needs of the church Sometimes waking in t- until the wee hours of the morning, sleeping three, four hours, and on thereafter, they are on their way to work. Hallelujah. Uh, what you see now is not where a lot of things are going on. Preaching is only 10% of the ministry. A lot of times is what you don't see behind the scene. Are we together? So that means whenever you see people are in church, you must know that there are men that are fighting against the devil behind the scene so that these people, they make it to church and worship God. Are we together? So I, I think Brother Mpayana and Brother Dipadi and Brother Masavi uh, have done an outstanding, outstanding and sterling job. Amen. A few brothers, because the process is that the board normally sits and nominates brothers, and then after the pastor approaches the brothers, a few brothers were saying, the way things are running so perfectly, I'm scared that if I come on board, I might spoil things. Amen. But that is, that is the, the level of diligence that the brothers have shown over, over the years. Hallelujah. But we thought that in, in, in the interest of mentoring and development, we should bring others on the board. Are we together? Amen. Amen. So, 
uh, we really, really appreciate them for everything. And I can simply say the church owes an immeasurable debt of gratitude for this godly man who study her interests day and night and contribute largely of their substance, care for the poor, share her ministers, and in terms of travel and prosperity, remain faithful at their post. Amen. So the team that I'm speaking about, I'm not just paying a lip service. They, they've been tested uh, through, through some unusual conditions, and they've emerged as people that are quite loyal to the cause and to serve you as best as, that, as best as they can. Are we together? And then I, and I hope the brothers that would be coming on board, that you as a church shall elect, will continue on what these brothers have been carrying on, and there will be a transfer of skills, hallelujah, and guidance and counseling, so that we become better at our engagement with the needs of the believers. Are we together? Amen. Amen. So we really salute you, brothers. Continue the great work that you are doing. I know at times it's not easy. It takes a, an effort, a family time, and we want to thank the sisters as well for supporting these brothers because at times the husbands would arrive 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning, but I've never had any complaint whatsoever because when God calls a man, he calls his wife. Are we together? And then sometime, uh, you, you know, the devil fights not during the day. The devil fights at night. How many know that? Amen. Are you here, church? Amen. All right. The fame, you, even when you've got a sick person, during the day they look better. Uh, but run about midnight, then it becomes worse. Because that's where demons are now fighting. And now, uh, I was told about a deacon in another church. They say as soon as it's 5 o'clock, he switches off his phone. He says, no, it's time for family. I said, they have chosen the wrong man for the job. A deacon's uh, phone is open 24 hours. Are we together? Uh, Brother Mpanyana knows there are times where I would call him at 2 o'clock in the morning. I say, Get ready, I'm on my way. Uh, and he normally gets ready, and we are on our way, and we solve the matter. Five o'clock, or four o'clock, or five o'clock, we are back. He readies himself by seven o'clock, he's at work. That's dedication. Amen. That's dedication to the needs of the believers. Amen. Amen. So we, we want to really, really appreciate that. Amen. Amen. Now, over time, as, as the church grows, you often have new people that come on board that do not understand. If we say a pastor, what is a pastor? What is his responsibilities? If it is a deacon, what is the deacon's responsibility? What is the trustee's responsibility? Uh, what is the Sunday school's responsibility? What is the church order? I know uh, when Brother Brenham introduced the church order in the 50s, there were people that uh, said it, it restrains the operation of the gifts in the church. So it's people that used to associate with Brother Brenham, like the likes of Junior Jackson, 
they said they would not implement it in their churches because they think it will restrict the movement of the Holy Spirit. But uh, on the contrary, what we know is that God is God of order. God is not God of confusion. So that means wherever God is, there is order. You remember how Brother George Martin showed us the layout of the tabernacle and the approach as to how the high priest approached worship in the tabernacle. It was orderly. And one misstep, God was not going to be happy and would strike the high priest dead and he had to be pulled out of the Holy of Holies. That's why they had to, 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 to tie him around the, the waist so that he, if something goes wrong, they must be able to pull him out. Are we together? So what the one thing about, the, about one thing that Brother Brenham has taught us, which is very critical, is that God is God of order. Amen. A pastor in his position, the church in his position, office bearers in their position, and when everybody's in their position and they work towards a common goal, a common goal, then it's able to deliver the results, which is the well-being of believers. Hallelujah. Now, one thing, and as a pastor, one thing that I really, really admire of the team that has always surrounded me is that it is a, it's a team that believes in prayer. Hallelujah. Uh, praying for the church, praying for the pastor, and, and being there for the pastor when he needs them most. And the brothers have been there most of the time, and we want to really appreciate them for that. Are we together? But uh, I, I, we want to just to check, because Paul here speaks about where we have just read, so that we need not to lord over the church, but we need to serve the church humbly as God would want us to serve them humbly. If we can just return to the scripture that we have read in First Peter 5. Verse 1, it says, The elders which are among you I exhort, who am, who, am, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you, referring to the pastor. A pastor must feed the church with the weight. Hallelujah. Uh, today, the problem today, uh, and we had much better say these things, uh, ministers no longer fit the church on the weight, they fit the church on their personalities. Uh, and when you fit on a man's personality, I can tell you, heaven is not guaranteed. But when you fit on the weight, Brother Brenham says, one of the things that a minister must be able to master is the ability to put himself aside yes. so that God can operate through him. So that when all is said and done, it must not be the ability or the, the expertise of the minister, but it must be the operation of the Holy Spirit. Are we together? Yes. And uh, we live in a time, you know what I mean, we live in a time of personality cults. Jesus Christ has been made secondary in most ministries 
and ministers are projecting themselves in the hearts of the people, establishing themselves. But Brother Brenham says, my objective is to make individuals to be their powerhouse of God. Are we together? So that there must be an established relationship between Christ and the people. Are we together? Now, he continues here, that is Paul speaking as an elder, uh, speaking to other elders. He says, Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, and, but willingly, hallelujah, not for filthy luxury. When it speaks about filthy luxury, it speaks about whereby, uh, because there is a difference between a shepherd and a hireling. Uh, we're together. A shepherd takes care of the sheep so that he can make the sheep to arrive at their destination. But a hireling takes care of the sheep because of monetary gain. He's looking for finance. He's like a, a hired minister. It's a spirit of, of Baal. Hallelujah. And, and, and that is not supposed to be the case. Are we together? Neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being ensamples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, he shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. I always say, whenever a shepherd deals with the church, he must deal with the church and the sheep on equal basis. And the sheep must be treated equally and fairly. Are we together? Uh, what I'm simply saying is that, uh, uh, and it's not, it's not wrong, folks, to have people that have in church. And it's not wrong to have people that do not have in church. But the people that do not have in church must feel welcome as much as the people that have in church. Are we together? So that means a rich man and a poor, chair, a poor man must be able to sit side by side and worship God without the poor man feeling inadequate. Are you here, church? And, and, and that is why we are, we are very much uh, uh, cautious that when we deal with people, we are, we are dealing with souls. Because when you deal with a soul, there is no richer soul than a poor soul. Hallelujah. The poor soul is the soul that does not have Christ. And every soul that has Christ is a richer soul. But what is happening, I'm simply saying that our, what we have in the natural realm should not, be, should not dictate to the ministers on how we treat people. And we treat certain people better because they have certain things. And we treat those that do not have and we treat them in a very despicable manner. Are we together? And I'm glad in this church, I, as far as I know, unless you can bring it to my attention, we absolutely have no classes. Hallelujah. All believers are treated equally, and all the believers' needs are attended to fairly and equally. Are we together? Irrespective of what they have as far as the material gain is concerned. Are we together? And I hope you will say amen because you know that these things are taking place. Are we together? Amen. Amen. Now, he continues, he says, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. And when we speak about an elder, maybe if you can just turn with me to the book of First Timothy.
If you have found it, you can say amen. Yeah. I've got myself a, a beautiful new Bible here. That I was breaking to the young men the other Sunday. I say, look at my Bible, young men. It's looking beautiful. Amen. Because these days I've realized we wear more expensive shoes than carry cheap Bibles. Sorry, young men. Amen. I've never seen anybody carrying a ton, wearing a ton jacket to church. But people don't mind to carry ton Bibles to church. And some don't carry Bibles anymore. How can a soldier go to a battle without a weapon? I had to go on that one. Apologies. All right. Are you are you with me? In First Timothy three, verse one. It reads in this manner. It says this is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop. He desireth a good work. Look, there is nothing wrong with desiring to be a pastor. Can the church say amen to that? Hallelujah. As time goes by, we would want more pastors to come into the ministry. Are we together? I know a lot of times people, people often think that it's repulsive for one to one to be a pastor. But the scripture are saying something contrary. It says, if a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. Hallelujah. If you desire to be a pastor, you really desire a good work. But however, there are scriptural requirements. After the desire is there, there must be certain scriptural requirements that must be met. A bishop then must be blameless. Hallelujah. The husband of one wife, not the wife of one husband. I hope spiritual people have heard me there. Amen. So it cannot be, and I often ask myself, you, you will bear with me. I don't know uh, what happens when, the, when if we were to have a, a, a woman pastor, I don't know how they will treat the maternity leave. Because if you are a woman, there are times where if you are pregnant, you need to go on a maternity leave. What happens to the church when you have gone on a maternity leave? I'm told of a scenario whereby a woman preacher was preaching, and as she was preaching, kids were playing outside. And those kids, as they were playing, her kids was part of the kids that were playing there. You know kids being kids, and they started being violent towards each other. And this other kid just picked up a brick and landed the brick on top of this woman's child. And she saw that. Now, the church, while they're expecting the the preacher to preach, she stops and rushes out of the church to go and take care of there. So it simply tells you that she was out of her position 
and the, there was a situation that arose and she had to rush there because that is where she had to be. Are we together, folks? So God has got a way to show people their positions. Uh, are we together? Stay with me. I, I know, I know there, is, there is a view that we are oppressive to women, not in this church. And I will explain why I say not in this church. Women are respected. Women are being listened to. Hallelujah. Because what's happening, I'm the head, but she's the body. And the neck is part of the head. Amen. Amen. You have heard me on that one. Eh? It can never turn unless it uses the neck. Amen. Now, it says, If a man desires the office of the bishop, he desires the good work. A bishop then must be blameless. It must be a person that has got good report. What it means, blameless, it must be a person that has got clean living. Are we together? Because let me tell you something. It does not matter how you are. The pastor that you are under, if he is a pastor that is unfaithful in his marriage, he will produce men that are unfaithful in their marriages. Are we together? Because the brother Brown says you cannot live higher than your pastor. Now, a bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife. And, and during that time, we know, or during that time, the background to this is that there, there were certain sects of the Jews during that time that were already practicing uh, polygamy. Hallelujah. And, uh, I mean, if you are a polygamist, already the Bible uh, disqualifies you. Because what's happening, a bishop must be a husband of one wife. That means he, he, he must be faithful in his marriage. Hallelujah. If, if a man cannot be trusted by his wife, he can never be trusted by the people. Are we together, folks? I hope you are with me this morning. Uh, and, and what is happening, and, and this is not only for the, for the elder, it goes to you as individuals. If you want to know really that you are a genuine worshiper, get a feedback from the people that stay with you. And your wife is a person that stays with you 24 hours. She knows you. She knows you're up and down. And whenever you can hear a man's wife saying, my husband is a genuine believer, then you must know that it is indisputable. Uh, are we together? Amen. Amen. But I know the brothers, they say, don't ask her on a bad day. <laughs> Amen. He must be vigilant. And what, what do we mean about vigilancy? Vigilancy, it means that because he's taking care of the flock, a shepherd can never sleep on the job. A shepherd can never sleep on the wheel. He must be vigilant at all times, especially in this hour where there are various doctrines and there are various isms that are coming up. And a, a genuine pastor or elder must have a big bone whenever he sees the wrong doctrine to call it out and say, that is wrong. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. There is no diplomacy towards wrong doctrine, folks. We can hate the doctrine but love the people that believe it. 
Are you with me here? And he must be a, a man that is sober. A man of good behavior. A man that is uh, hospitable. A man that is apt to teach. Not given to wine. No striker. Not greedy of, of money again that comes again. But patient. Not a brawler. Not a covetous. One that ruleth well his own house. Having his child, children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? So that means before he can, and that is why he's got to be married, because how you conduct your family affairs either qualifies you or disqualifies you for an office in the church. Are we together? So that means if he has demonstrated headship in his household, he can demonstrate headship in the house of the Lord. If he fails in his house, he can never be anything in the house of the Lord. Are we together? Amen. Amen. Moreover, not a novice. He, he, must, be, he must be an experienced person. Uh, because if he is a novice, at least he be lifted up with pride and fall into the condemnation of the David. Are we together? So being, being novice, it means there are certain... You know, when, when you are an engineer, hallelujah, I, I would believe that there are certain things that you get from the book as far as being an engineer is concerned. But there are certain things that you do not get from the book. You get them because of experience and interaction with fellow engineers. Then you are able to be very vigilant or you, are, you, are, you become experienced in, in what you are doing. Are we together? When we say novice here, let me tell you something here. He must be an experienced person. Because the devil will take four shape in different forms. Are we together? What are the three things that make the ministers to go off the rails? It's money, popularity, and women. And the three often go together. I often say you will never be popular with women unless you have money. You can't be popular with women when you are broke. Are we together? So once you have money, then you become popular with women. Hallelujah. And popularity comes in. And uh, we have lost the people, ministers in the ministry, because of how they mishandle their interactions with women. When you are a, a, an elder, even when you are a brother, you must begin to be very cautious how you interact with the members of the opposite sex. Are we together? There must be parameters that you put. There must be boundaries that you put. You can never be casual, my brother. You can never be casual, my sister, when you deal with the members of the opposite sex. Are we together? And I say, often say, in this church, the best spokesperson for a wife is her husband. The best spokesperson for the husband is his wife. Are we together? So that means if you need something from the husband, you go through the wife. If you need something from the wife, you go through her husband. Can we say amen to that? And those things, and Brother Brenham has taught us many, many things. Oh, Pentecostals, this is where they are becoming very casual. And that is why you've got, you've got these things. Uh, I think we've got a case that is going on in the country of a pastor that is alleged to have molested young girls. Are we together? And, uh, and it baffles my mind. How does the pastor get to a level where he molests almost 30 young girls in the church? I often ask myself, where were the elderly women? Where were the elders of the church? 
The reason the pastor has got a team of people that he works with is not nice to have. We say the pastor is God's gift to the church, but the board members are the church gifts to the pastor. Because what's happening, you are not allowed. Let me, let me just give you a scenario here so that you can understand when I speak about being a novice. Let's say on a Sunday afternoon, while you greet each other after church, a young girl comes into the pastor's office, sits down, and the brother speaks to the pastor. And while you are busy greeting each other, and she storms out crying and says, the pastor was, was, wanted to do things that are repulsive to me. It is my weight against her weight. That is why it is advisable that when a pastor counsels a young woman, there must always be a witness present so that you are above reproach. Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter how holy you are. You are still a human being. And you need to, to take calculated steps when you deal with people and when you deal with members of the opposite sex. Are we together? Yes, there are people that claim to be Holy Ghost filled and try to, to operate as novices and dealt with young girls and now they are in trouble. I feel pity for the poor pastor because the allegations against 30 young girls against, against him as a pastor, it's his weight against them. And if there are 30, there are many, then the evidence is watertight. But if he could be able to say, no, you say, on what day did I meet you? They say, no, on the 19th of May, you met me. Then the pastor is able to say, no, on that day, I was with Deacon so-and-so. Deacon so-and-so, can you come and become a witness on this case? Are we together? A pastor must always have an alibi when he deals with the members of the opposite sex. Does it sink in, fellow believers? Because when you become responsible, because this message we have given, the man that gave this message to us, which is our prophet, he lived above reproach. He, he managed to overcome this nest of money. He managed to overcome the, 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 the temptations of women. He managed to overcome temptations of popularity. And any minister that will come after this prophet must partner after this prophet in order not to bring a reproach to this message. Does it sink in, fellow believers? Amen. And that is why it doesn't matter how revelated you can be. Your conduct speaks the volume. And the danger today, we've got people that can speak great things behind the pulpit. But when you look at their lives, it's stinking. There's, no, there's nothing that resembles holiness. Are we together? But you need not a, a novice. Are, are you still with me? You'll bear with me. Today we'll be reading quite a lot, but uh, I don't promise to keep you here the whole day. Amen. And one thing for sure that I need to put across, a pastor doesn't give birth to another pastor. What I mean by so doing, I'm simply meaning my children... I'm a pastor, but they are not pastors. They still need to experience the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Are we together? 
But however, as long as they stay under my roof, I've got certain expectations about them. There is a certain type of life that they must live as long as they are under my roof. Are we together? And a lot of times is that when, when a child, we don't say a child will not go wrong. Stay with me here. Brother Brandon was our prophet, but his son, Billy Paul, went wrong. But the attitude of Brother Brandon towards Billy Paul's mistakes showed the material that Brother Brandon was made of. That means it's, your child can go wrong, but how you, your reaction towards their errors will reflect who you are as a parent. Are we together? So that means if, if, uh, the, the greatest danger is that, and, and here, stay with me, if a pastor's child does something wrong and repents, that pastor's child must be treated like any other member that would do something wrong and repent. So that means the blood that is applicable to any member are applicable to the children of the pastor. Are we together? And, and similarly, if the pastor, if something, the child, child has done something wrong, the child must go through the same process that any other member would go through. To test whether the repentance is genuine. That, what I'm simply saying, meaning is that the sins of the pastor's children can never be swept under the carpet. They must be treated exactly like we would treat any other person in church. Are we together? But in the same breath, it does not mean that they will not go wrong. They will go wrong. But if they go wrong, they must be rebuked. They must be corrected. They must be advised. They must be brought back into the fold. And if any other member can be forgiven, even the children of the pastor must be forgiven. Are we together? And often I say, it's not a standard, but I often say, if a child of a pastor is in trouble, it's best that the pastor himself must not deal with the case. He must delegate the case to a deacon that will look into it and give an honest, independent report back. Are we together? Are you still with me, believers? Verse 7, moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without. That means the community must have a certain level of respect for the pastor based on the good report that he has amongst community members. That means you cannot have a pastor that owes money in the community and he becomes your pastor. And the moment you mention that our man a pastor so so they say, not that crook. Are we together? So that means the conduct of a pastor is not, he is not only accountable to the church, he's accountable to the community. What does it mean, folks? It means that if we lead the church, we must make sure that everything, that is why I, I was quite shocked when I was told about a message church that just identified a piece of land and they started building there. And the pastor said, no, uh, when the municipal officers come, they will find us while we are far ahead with the project. That is not how you do things. That means the scripture says, give Caesar to what belongs to Caesar. So that means if there are certain statues that the church must conform to, the pastor is the very first one to say, it must be like that way. Are we together? 
And that means I can't be a pastor while owing a tax man. Does it sink in? Amen. Let's continue here. Verse 8. And I I often, I like a pastor that is known in the community. Because, and it's good, I've often met a lot of people that say, God, pastor, how are you? And I've got no idea who they are. I say, God bless you. You know what it means? It means I cannot live a secret life. Because wherever I go, they, I may not know, I may not know them, but they know me. So that means 24 hours, I must make sure that my life is consistent with the teachings of the message. Are you still with me? Amen. Now it comes to deacons here. Brother Brenham, he says, and I will go into the quotations here. He says there is no office that is strict in the church like that office of a deacon because it's an office it's an order the the office of the deacon maintains order are we together it says likewise must the deacons be grave not double tongued not given too much wine hallelujah can only drink wine during the communion service amen Some, somebody can take it and say, ah, deacons are enjoying themselves. Amen. Not greedy or filthy luxury. So that means as well, deacon, Brother Branham say, you, you've got to live above reproach as well. People have got to look up to a person that is a deacon. And you will see that for some reason, the qualifications of a deacon are not that much different from the qualifications of the pastor. Because what's happening, you deal with spiritual matters. And when we deal with spiritual matters, you've got to be above reproach. Are we together? Are you still with me? Holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. What does it mean? It means... they asked, there was a question that was asked and said, a brother is in the message, but the wife is not in the message, and the brother loves the message, and the sister is in the Pentecostal church. Can the brother become a deacon? He cannot become a deacon. That means the deacon and his wife must be in the same church, must believe in the same doctrine. Are we together? Because what's happening, a deacon is a custodian of the doctrine of the church. And that is why you cannot be a deacon where you disagree with the doctrine of that church. Are we together? And that is why it is quite mischievous whenever, uh, and and I I often say it's hypocritical, whenever a deacon can be in a church and begin to say, I disagree with one, two, three. I disagree. If you disagree, why are you still a deacon there? 
I know what I'm talking about. There is a, a, and, and certain things we've got to say what they are. There's a deacon from another church. He wanted to invite me to a meeting because they want, he says on the agenda we want to discuss uh, uh, the conduct of pastors, the false doctrine in the message. I said, I'm not going to be part of that meeting. Why am I not going to be part of that meeting? Is because every church is sovereign. This church can never dictate to any other church anywhere else what to preach. And this church does not receive its messages from any other church. It receives its messages from God. Are we together? And I'm saying, that deacon, if, if he really disagrees with that pastor, why doesn't he go to a church where he agrees with the pastor rather than to be in that church and cause trouble? Goodness, he even had the audacity to say he can arrange pastor's meeting. Ooh, in, in what capacity? You see the danger when people do not understand church order? And in the process, they think they can misuse some of us. Amen. Are you still with me? Let this also first be proved. Let them use the office of a deacon being found blameless. They must be tested. That is why we, we don't just hang pick any brother and say, this one will be a deacon. It must be a group, a board must sit where they look into the brother. They look into how he runs his family. They look at how he lives. And on that basis, if he is above reproach, then a group of men that form part of the board can be able to say, let us submit his name to the church so that he can be elected as a deacon. But first, he must be proven. His loyalty to the weight must be proven. Are we together? That is why I disagree, folks, that you can pick up somebody from the street and as soon as they are baptized, while their clothes are still wet, you choose them to be a deacon. Those people are novices. And actually, anyone must be able to come into the message and stay for a period of time to prove their loyalty to the message before they assume any responsibility. Because why? You don't want somebody to be in the message today and a few weeks down the line he's out of the message. It brings reproach to the message. It must be men that are dedicated. And young men, if you want to be a leader in a church next, sometime in the future, your behavior today determines what you will be down the line. And well, how you behave, if you want to be a pastor down the line, how you behave now it will determine whether you will be one down the line. And that's why a responsible young man thinks generationally. And when it comes to these matters, folks, we, are, we, are not, we, we do not fall for quotations where you quote quotations. No, 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 no. There's got to be a substance. You've got to be a man of character. Because what's happening, you're going to handle the well-being of the children of God. And we don't want somebody that is sloppy. We don't want somebody that is tardy. We want somebody that is sober and diligent in whatever they do. Because you know why? At the day of judgment, every one of us will be accountable. And while I did, I much better put it across. The day, today, the problem is that we've got a lot of people that, that have got wounds that were inflicted by the church. And that's why when you deal with the children of God, you must know they are not a sawdust. They are human beings. 
Treat them with dignity, with respect. Amen. Verse 11. Even so must their wives be grave, not slanderous, sober, faithful in all things. Are we together? And this is why I make a distinction here. Uh, We know why we become very diligent when we deal with with these issues. Is that a pastor, this goes to the pastor as well. I cannot come into your family and attend to matters of your family and go home and enjoy Jacob's coffee with my wife and begin to tell her what is happening in your house. There must be a certain level of confidentiality. Unless if it is a public scene, because if a brother comes to church drunk, we've got to address it publicly. But if it is something that is privately known by the pastor, privately known by the deacon, the deacon and the pastor must deal with it in that forum. And I will tell you what has caused a lot of splits and a lot of confusion in many message churches is because what happened, the pastor will go and deal with matters and come back home and tells the wife. And the wife, when she's got kids, she tells the kids. And the kids will tell their friends. And all of a sudden, it is in the community. And you wonder why we are losing. A man's ego is very fragile. A man does not want to go where his dirty leanings are hanging in public. Are you here, believers? When a man begins to feel that my my dirty leanings are in public, he sends the children and he remains home alone. And when a man believes in the ministry, he is the first one to wake up the children in the morning and say, let us go to church. And that is why whenever I worship with a man, with a wife and the children, and the husband is not in, I don't consider that the battle is won. The only time when I consider that the battle is won is when I see the husband coming to church and saying, praise be to God. Then I know the entire household is won into the Lord. Are we together? Amen. And folks, when you are a wife of an office bearer, the devil is going to set traps for you. You know how? People are going to come to you and ask your opinion on other people's lives. What do you think of brother so-and-so? What do you think of sister so-and-so? And if you are not tactful, you will express an opinion and that person will run with that opinion and do such damage and say, no, I heard it from the pastor's wife. I heard it from the deacon's wife. I've always advised my, my own wife, you are not an advisor in the church. Escalate matters to me because you don't know what the devil may be planning. And I had much better give my wife a compliment over the years that I have passed us. There has never been a time where she has ever been quoted wherever she has caused a trouble. But it begins with me. I don't make her the dustbin of other people's issues. Even if you can wake me up at 2 o'clock in the morning, that's why a pastor must be faithful. 
Because if you are not faithful, he will begin when you wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning to go and attend to the case. He will say, where are you going, Munna? But if he knows that you are a man of God, she can trust you that wherever you go, it must be for God's business. And even when you come back, you don't disclose much. You just say, I went there because there was a matter to be attended and you come back. See, a, a genuine wife doesn't demand the details. Tell me the juicy stuff. What were you talking about? How, do you, how was it? Con- no, 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 no. We owe our wives no report. But we expect their support when we deal with the issues of the believers. Does it make sense, believers? Amen. Because I can tell you, a wife is made up of, of a different makeup than a man. Women are the most honest beings. And men can be as dishonest as they can be. Oh, I just caused a confusion. A man can be able to be with you, buy you lunch, buy you drinks, while he's planning to kill you. But a woman, if she's planning to kill you, you'll see while she's afar of that. Goodness, there is trouble. I'm simply saying, women are not pretentious. Men, and a lot of times we say women are pretending. No! No, sir. You know how you know it? If you come back home, if I come back home, and I begin to say, okay, you know, I was with Brother Mtokosisi and telling my wife, I think Brother Mtokosisi is unfair. The, she, he did this, this thing to me. No, I think that brother must deal with him. Immediately when my wife sees Brother Mtokosisi, she will be a transmitter of my, how I feel about Brother Mtokosisi. Are you here, church? But me, I will pretend and say, Brother Mkotokosis, God bless you. Wonderful. <laughs> and that is why the wife will look at you and the husband and say, you are hypocritical. You told me that this is a bad guy. Then why are you greeting him like that? <laughs> and even when I fix things with Brother Mtokosis, then I've got a responsibility to go back and explain to my wife that it's fixed. And she says, no, I don't like how it was fixed. So when you've got a problem with somebody, don't ever take it to your partner. What I'm simply saying, a lot of times people have lost confidence. And that's why when you're a wife of an office bearer, it's the most dangerous grounds that you can be in. Because you know things that people know nothing about. You know the dynamics that people know nothing about. Are we together? And if your husband fits you more, the news that he fits you with, they become poison over time. You develop a complex because you know too much. The quickest way that an office better can send his wife to a spiritual grave is to tell her the issues of the church. Because we know what happens. I've got ministers here. If, if maybe Brother Matlabi does something to me and I tell my wife, the day he comes and to minister, will she listen? Doesn't listen. 
Are you with me, folks? Amen. Amen. And it says, verse 12, let the deacons be the husbands of one wife, ruling their children in their own houses well. Same thing that I've mentioned when it came to the pastor. For they that have used the office of a deacon well purchase to themselves a good degree and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. Amen. But it is a family affair. Are you still with me? Now, coming to what Brother Brenham has taught, I'll be closing, don't worry, not long. Amen. Brother Brenham says in this message, he says, and I had much better read, in the message, Choosing of a Bride, paragraph 52, he says, the, the same applies by choosing a church. You must remember, you must pray over the church that you are fellowshipping in. Hallelujah. Remember, churches carry a spirit. Churches carry a spirit. Brother Branham says a lot of times we catch one another's spirit in state of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes he says people catch the pastor's spirit. And whenever you go into a church, you look at how the pastor behaves. Brother Branham says you look at the church. They will behave in the same manner. But you, you need not to catch my spirit. You must catch the Holy Ghost. Because when you catch my spirit, the day my spirit misleads me and makes me to go off the rails, you are not going to know that I'm going off the rails. Everyone in the church must be filled with the Holy Ghost. That even when the pastor goes wrong, the Holy Spirit must say, something has gone wrong. And the danger part or what, what the believers in the end time, where they are gullible is when they think that a man of God can never fall. Oh, he's a human being. He is a, yes, you, can, you could have heard, he could have preached great sermons, but he's a human being. And that's why when you know that he's a human being, then you pray for your pastor. Because the battles that we win as pastors is not because we are clever, it's because there are some people in their closets. They say, oh God, wherever our pastor is, may you be with him. And when the devil plans certain things, I'm able to overcome. Not because I'm clever, but because there is a praying church behind the pastor. Amen. He says, I don't want to be critical, but I realize that I'm an old man. I've got to live here one of these days. I've got to answer at the day of judgment for what I say tonight or any other time. I therefore have got to be dead earnest and truly convicted. But if you go into a, into a church and you'll watch the behavior of that church, you just watch the pastor a while, you'll usually find that the church acts like the pastor. Sometimes I wonder if we don't get one another spirit instead of the Holy Spirit. you get to a place where a pastor is really radical and carrying on. You'll find out the congregation is the same way. I'll bring you to a church where I see the pastor stand, jack their heads back and forth. You watch the congregation, they do the same thing. Hallelujah. So if I was choosing a church, I would choose a genuine, fundamental, full gospel, 
Bible church, I was choosing one to put my family in. You've got to be very diligent when you choose a church where you put your family. And a brother mentioned to me and said, Pastor, when we come to church and we come with our young ones, we have entrusted the well-being of our young ones to the church. Because what's happened, the church is going to be influential on how they grow. And that is why in this church, whenever somebody does not go according to the way to standard, we are able to approach you, correct you, and if you are incorrigible at some point in time, we shake hands and say, you cannot continue in our church. Because if we leave one rotten apple, it's going to make the whole pack to be rotten. And I'm simply saying, no one is immune. From the pastor's children to the deacon's children, if they do not line up, we are able to correct them. And if they become incorrigible, we shake hands. Are you with me, believers? Amen. Let me just read this. I'm trying. It's quite a lot of notes that I've got here. Amen. He, He says here, or maybe... To redeem time, let me just go to run ahead of myself here. I'm going to cut a lot of things. Amen. Just so that we educate the people that are here in terms of what are the offices of of deacons and trustees so that they understand. Amen. Brother Brenham says, In in this church, there is no one man say. The whole church has a say. The members of the church have a say. And who are the members of the church? Those that contribute with their tithes and offerings and support the church with their presence are the ones that have got a say in the church. Are we together? And then when we come to the operations of the office of the pastor. Brother Brenham says the office of the pastor is to conduct and act upon any program of which he believes to be according to the plan of God and according to the word of God for the Brenham Tabernacle, in this case for the Lighthouse Tabernacle. He shall assume supreme authority. It's good to read as a pastor where he says he will assume the supreme authority. But there is a time when a pastor will be accountable with what he has done with that authority. Because a lot of times when people want to boast the church, this is the favorite quotation. But I can tell you, you can quote, but I'm saying this, this tape, I know it will go all over the place. A pastor can quote this, but after, you will be accountable for everything that you have ever done. The day you get married, young man, you are no longer accountable for yourself. Now you are accountable for your wife. And the day you become an office bearer, you are no longer only accountable for your wife, for yourself and your wife. Now you are accountable for the church. So that means when we we go for, when we become accountable, we pastors are going to be in so much trouble. Are we together? He shall assume supreme authority and meet promoting for the social welfare of the church. He shall be a head over the deacon board, the trustee board, and the church board itself. 
acting in wisdom to lead God's saints, manifesting love towards all the saints and their burdens. And he conducts himself in a perfect servitude of which God has called and placed him to act upon. A pastor is a servant to the church. And the scripture says in Jeremiah 3 verse 15, I will give you pastors according to my own heart. We shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Hallelujah. And the scripture says in Hebrews 13 verse 17, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourself for they watch for your soul. And they that must give account that they must do it with joy, not with grief, for that is unprofitable for joy. Are we together? I can go on and on reading that. And I just want to come where it speaks about the deacons as well. The office of deacons as elected according to the word of God and the manner of the Branham Tabernacle is to act as an office of spiritual assistance to the pastors. They are to assist the pastor on all of his spiritual activities. They are given free speech in presenting to the pastor any program or any benefits that will bless the general and spiritual welfare of the church. They must be up to teach and ready to assist the pastor on every duty if called to do so. They shall assist in saving communion. They shall be acting ushers in all services. They shall police the church in keeping civil order and conduct. They shall assist in taking local offerings. They shall oversee the spiritual conduct of the church in working with the pastor and one another on spiritual problems and matters of the saints. They shall be ready at any time to assist the need of every saint who is burdened and in need of spiritual consultation or general welfare. That means they must be accessible to the people. Hallelujah. They have no, Brother Brown said they have got no right to act upon any program or promotion without agreement with one another and the pastor and the trustees. If the program they are considering involves church funds. They will be responsible before God for their conduct and manner of service according to the word of God. Hallelujah. Another thing that we must say before I go, they are responsible for the needs of the church. They are responsible to take care of the poor. Hallelujah. Whenever there is a need for a family, whenever you know that there is no bread in the house, the best person to approach is a deacon and say, Deacon, uh, yesterday I did not eat. And even this coming night, I don't think I will have something to eat. He is trained to look into your needs and to be able to intervene. Are we together? Because what's happening, the church is responsible for its own. We are not responsible for a man that passes by. We are responsible for, the, for our own. Brother Brennan say, if a man stops by and has a tire and is looking for a money to buy a tire, we can bring it to the church. The deacons will look into it. Maybe they can take an offering for that man. But they are not obligated to that man. They are obligated to the believers in the church. And that is why whenever you see deacons having tough conversation with you as a brother, you, because you are accountable, they must check, are you waking? And you don't quit the work without consulting with the pastor and the deacons. Hallelujah. Because these days a brother walks into a motivational talk and after they have motivated him, he goes home and says to the wife, I'm quitting my job. I want you to be my own boss. No. You check with us first. We will tell whether you've got a solid plan or you don't have a solid plan. 
Because you know why? With you being full of vavavum from that motivational speaker, if things don't go right, it is going to put your family in trouble. And we are accountable to your family. Are we together, believers? Amen. And if you say you run a business, sometimes we need to sit with you and say, is it really making money? Because you can't run a business in 2015, no money. 2016, no money. 2017, no money. No, no. At some point in time, we say, no, bro. We have found a job for you. Can I have an amen from brothers? Because you know why, brothers? When you are unable to provide to your kids, you will be unable to lay down the law for them. There is nothing as painful as being a man in your house where your kids look you in the face and say, because you don't do anything for me, you've got no right to say anything. And we live in a world where there are sugar daddies that have been transformed to be blessers. And these kids will be, your kids will be fed by those people and you will have no say in your house. So that's why whenever you're a man, you must be very sober. When you make decisions, you don't make decisions willy-nilly. It must be robust decisions. And that's why whenever you make a decision, get other brothers and say, Brothers, I've got this decision. Let us look at this decision and we'll be honest with you. And if we say it will not work, don't go and say they are jealousy of me. No, we want you to prosper. Amen. Are you still with me? I'm done with deacons. I'm coming to the treasurer. The office of the treasurer And I must say, there's something that really upset me a while back. And that is why I say, when we deal with the church, we've got to be very sensitive. There was a case that we attended. You know me, I'm very transparent. You'll bear with me for my transparency. I came to the church and I preached the message on church order. And as a pastor, I did not know what was going on. Because all we do, we look in the message, we get quotations, we come and preach. But unbeknown unto me that there was an old lady and I mentioned it in the same one. If you go and read, the last time I preached church order is on that note. And I mentioned how if, if an old lady has got a roof that is blown off, what happens is that they need to come to a deacon, and a deacon will look into it. And then if, they, if there is a need, he sees that it must be done, he will approach the treasurer, and the treasurer will take the money, and will 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 release the money, and the deacon will determine as to how that money will be paid. If it can be paid, it should be paid. If it cannot be paid, then the church is still responsible. Are we together? Yes. 
Now, certain things we don't know, I think even Brother Mpanyana did not know. We did not know that time that there was a money that was given to an old lady in church and it was borrowed to the lady and later we found out that what actually happened, the wife of the office bearer went to the old lady and demanding and say that money needs to be paid. And I, I got off. I did not know, folks, when I preached about it. I just came, preached about it and later when, 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 when I got to know it, that's when people said we are leaving church and they thought I knew about it. I did not know about it. I'm simply saying we've got to do things by the church order. If, it, if an office bearer gives you money and says, yes, 200, he is not giving you that 200 in his capacity as an individual. You, I, he cannot give you money today and next Sunday it's his wife saying, hey, Mona, 200, I need that 200 back. No, it does not work like that, believers. Are, are we together? I know the body, they know what I'm talking about. I had to put it across because it's something that happened that we are aware of. It must not ever happen like that. Amen. When we help the saints, our wives have got nothing to do with it. They actually must not even know that we helped the saints. Are we together? It is between us, between a pastor, a deacon, a treasurer, and that individual. Are we together? Amen. Know the truth, the truth will set you free. The responsibility of the treasurer is to provide an exact account of the financial status of the present funds in the treasury. The report is to be made available to the pastor or the board of trustees upon their request of such a report. No other office in the church may have access to this information. He may obtain such information from the trustee report given to him by the treasurer. The treasurer shall sit in on every trustee meeting to take notes and minutes of actions taken by the board of trustees. He has not authority to convey or acknowledge the financial status information to any acting office in the church but the pastor and the board of trustees. He shall not be consultant in spiritual matters, nor is it of any need that he should attend meetings of the deacons unless asked for by the pastor. On the office of the trustees, I hope it's clear, Brother Brenham says, this is the body of men who shall govern the welfare of the church as a business group. They shall be elected to protect the church in its financial matters, its business investments, the supervision of its properties, and its expenditures. They shall strongly consider every move of progress step by step which involves church funds, for they shall be responsible to keep the church from indebtedness. Hallelujah. So that means if the church runs into a problem, the people that might be arrested are the trustees. Oh, yes. Even me as a pastor, I say, check with them. Amen. And that is why, even if the pastor has got authority over the church funds, but the, the trustees must provide guidance. We know you want M class, but hey, we can't afford it now. We'll be in trouble. Brother Brennan actually says, you don't need puppets on the board. You need men that can speak their minds. You must know how they feel. And if you are a pastor, you are unable to stay and listen to what men say, then you cannot become. You've got to have a thick skin. 
Amen. Are we together? You remember, I think there was a time, me, I came here, we presented, uh, there was a structure that we wanted to do before we did this structure the way it is. And the trustees came back to me and said, hey, Mfunis, it was uh, many years back. Brother, you know, Brother Mamu Toka, you remember when they wanted to extend Brandon Tabernacle, he lost the votes in the message doing God to service without it being his will. He said, I had to go with majority. He didn't say, hey, me, I'm the prophet. Pillar of, no. He had to go with the majority. The other time I came and presented a structure here, and I said, this is what we'll do before we did this setup. And the trustees came back and said, hey, Mfundis, ah, this is a pie in the sky. It's not going to be doable. We have crunched the numbers, no. We think this is what should be. I say, I apologize, trustees. I think let's do yours because it is feasible. You don't just say, me, I'm a pastor, it's going to be done. You'll be in trouble. Amen. Are we together? Now, they shall strongly consider every move of progress. And every... For they shall be responsible to keep the church from indebtedness and the saints from burdens that are too great to bear financially. In the undertaking of any project, regardless of what it is, they are to bring the matter to the pastor in consultation with the pastor, uh, by the pastor for every financial project the church wishes to invest or engage itself therein. It's absolutely required to the consultation thereof. Are we together? And then we can go on and on. I'm simply painting a picture so that the people should know the trustees, they've got to deal with the church finances. The deacons, they deal with spiritual matters. Don't take a spiritual matter to a, de- a trustee. That is not his business. And don't take a financial matter, unless if it's a need, where you've got a need, you can take it to a deacon. But if you've got a suggestion and say, I want this building, I'm suggesting go to the trustees. They are the ones that know what to do. And all of them in consultation with the pastor, then we do project monitoring it step by step. But the boss for the church is the people that are sitting down here that support with presents, offerings, and tithes. Hallelujah. I hope it is clear. We've got names that have been given. And then next week, we will present the individuals to the church for an election. And then uh, initially had planned that would ordain, but we just want to give them three months so that they, they acclimatize and, and come back and say, is it really for me or is it not for me? Brother Brown said they need to be given a time to acclimatize to the office. And once they've given a time, then we'll come back to the church and do the ordination. Is it clear, folks? Amen. Then by so doing, we'll have a deacon board, we'll have a trustee board, and then we'll have a treasurer. Uh, in the meantime, we were using a skeleton staff to run, but the brothers doubled their efforts, and I really, really appreciate them, but we need to give them support. They will make mistakes. Somebody that is working does mistake. He who does nothing does no mistake. 
but for the fact that they will be working, they will make mistakes, be patient with them. And pray for them and support them and have confidence in them. Are we together? The brothers that have been running, City, uh, God has, has, has brought us until this far, then we are aiding others so that the team is a full complement so that we can take care of the needs of the believers. I want our engagement with families, our engagement with individual believers to be improved. Hallelujah. So that what we know what is happening in people's lives and how can we intervene. God bless you richly as we stand up. Maybe just a sec. I think we will, the notes that I've had here, we'll do them in a booklet. We call them the bylaws of this church. We'll make them available in the library. I'll speak to the librarians and then we'll print so that everyone has got access copy. Hallelujah. Every member has got access copy. Whenever you say, hey, but what is a decon? You refer. What is a trust? You refer. Then it's all clear. They will be made available in the library. Uh, just, I think just give us two weeks. They should be available in the library. God bless you. Come with it.
the trustees have committed that they will put up a windy house for our Sunday school. Amen. So that our kids can have a, a proper place where they sit and they are able to decorate their place and we can go and check their work from time to time. Amen. I think maybe one time it needs to happen the way we have a parents meeting for the Sunday school. Amen. I'll show you what your kids have drawn up that side, but they will put it up. I like that windy house because it will work for the Sunday school, but uh, I've got a desire that every time visitors come to church, uh, before they go, we can ask them to go to the Wendy house and just give them a snippet of the message, just the highlights of what is this church, what does it believe in, so that there is an, a better engagement with our visitors. Do you agree with that? Amen. God bless you richly, so we thank God for that. Uh, give us a worshiping song. Our deacon, Brother Mpanyano, will come and wrap up in prayer for us. Amen. You are Alpha and Omega. We worship you.
Thank you, Father. Our gracious, eternal, heavenly Father. Yes. Thank you once more this afternoon, Almighty God. Mm. When we came here, Heavenly Father, we invited thee to come and speak to our hearts, Heavenly Father. Indeed, you have descended, Heavenly Father. We have used our pastor once more this morning to speak to our hearts, Lord. Yes. Heavenly Father, we are grateful indeed. Mm. Mighty God, to take the church and put us in our positions, Heavenly Father. Mm. As Paul of old says, God is not the author of confusion. Yes. Heavenly thank Father, you, we Father. thank you, Lord. Knowing our responsibility and our accountability, Heavenly Father. Mm. Mighty God, knowing, Heavenly Father, that we serve thee by saving thy children, Heavenly Father. Mm. Oh, bless our pastor, Heavenly Father. Bless the message, Heavenly Father, in our hearts, Almighty God. Mm. Continue to meditate in our hearts, Heavenly Father. Wherever we are, Almighty God, let us think about these things, Almighty God. Mm. Heavenly Father, as you said to Joshua, Heavenly Father, wherever that he goes, Heavenly Father, that he meditate upon the way, Heavenly Father, he will be success, Heavenly Father, That's if he doesn't go to the right or to the left, but he goes straight with the way, Heavenly mm. Father. So we thank you once more, Heavenly Father, that you have descended and you spoken to our hearts, Heavenly Father. Mm. Heavenly Father, because it's our needs, Almighty God, that you have spoken to them, Almighty God. Heavenly Father, we say once more, the virtue has gone out of your servant, Heavenly Father. Mm. We are asking for a restoration, Heavenly Father. As whosoever, Heavenly Father, that our pastor goes, Heavenly Father, you reveal yourself more unto him, Heavenly that Father, so. that he comes and gives unto us as thy church, Heavenly Father. You know your children, Heavenly Father, mm. those, come, those who came here with different needs, Almighty God, we say bless them, Heavenly Father. Give them accordingly, Almighty God. If there is anyone that came here being sick, Heavenly Father, we say let him, when he leaves this place, Heavenly Father, let him be healed, Heavenly Father. We pray, we commit everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and all the church shall say, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. God bless you richly. Wednesday we are here. Thursday, this day, this scripture is fulfilled. Amen. How many are happy to hear Brother Brennan's voice in their houses? Amen. I can tell you, I can encourage you, it will bring such unity. You will be amazed that your kids never, they don't get sick anymore because of the presence or the anointing that that voice transmits in our households. Have a blessed week. Have a victorious week. We are praying for you as we are praying for us. God bless you richly. Amen. Can give us a song. Redeemed how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed by His unfinite See His time and forever. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah.